We are in Easter season. We're ramping up to Easter Sunday, and I am so excited for Easter 2022. Do you, know, do you want to know why I'm so excited? Yeah, you, you want to know why? You really want to know why? You want to know why I'm so excited for Easter? I'm not telling you. Now, <laughs> you think I'm serious, right? I'm going to tell you that's my whole message. If I don't tell you, I'm going off the stage right now. <laughs> You can laugh a little bit. This is just fun. The reason why I'm so excited for Easter this year is because the last two years, we could not gather in person for Easter Sunday. And, you know, the devil tried to take it away from the church, not just in Germany, the whole world. This has been a disruption, political, and I believe spiritual, a disruption, an attack against the church but let me tell you, we're going to make it loud this year, and we're going to lift up the name of Jesus in person this year. Turn those speakers up. Turn that bass up even louder, and we're going to say, Jesus is alive. He is risen. The church is still on fire. Devil, you can't stop us because Jesus is alive. And so I need your help. I need your help because you need to bring people for Easter Sunday. Okay, we're going to fill this place on Easter Sunday. Yeah, we're allowed to now. <laughs> we're allowed to, so let's fill it up on Easter Sunday and really just spit in the face of the enemy and just say, ha, 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 we're still here. Amen. All right? That's why I'm excited. Don't you? It's nice to get a little attitude. <laughs> I know you have it. I know you have it. So Easter Sunday, but you know, beyond the, the celebration that we're going to have, and I can tell you, it's going to be a massive celebration. We have Triple O coming from the UK, rap, gospel. It's going to be awesome. We have drama. We have music. The sound, it's just, wow, it's going to be amazing. Praise party with mosh pits. Wow, it's going to be awesome. But beyond that, Easter Sunday is really the most important celebration that we have as a church, the church worldwide. Because that is the day that we remember and we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. But the truth is, every Sunday and every day of the week is a celebration of the resurrection. But Easter is that day that is celebrated all over the world by the Western Christian churches to celebrate and remember the resurrection. And it is the highest festival in the calendar. So Christmas is second highest, I guess you could say, but Easter is number one. Not Good Friday. Jesus dying on the cross is not the most amazing thing, even though we thank God for that. And it's the blood, it's powerful, but it's the resurrection. And we need to remember, Jesus is not on a cross anymore. He is alive. He is in heaven, seated at the right hand of God with all power and authority, and we need to get that picture into our head, not always seeing him on the cross, and we thank God for the cross. There's power in the cross, but he's alive, and he is now with all authority and power. And so we're going to rumble. This, this place is going to be shaking, and I'm believing for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on that day that people are going to be touched, set free, and we need to be praying for salvation to come to the house of God on Easter. Because that's the, another purpose of it. The purpose is to spread the message of Jesus. And you need, you need to bring people that never heard Jesus' name. And as we declare it right now, you're going to bring them into this place. And let's believe together right now 
Jesus touched them, set them free, saved them on that day. Amen? We are going to believe for many salvations, many people's lives to be changed forever. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're doing everything we do, not so that we can have a nice little church and a nice little show and a nice little this and that and a nice thing for our kids. Yeah, we love all that. But the reason we do everything we are doing is because there are people walking by this building right now, people living next to you, people working next to you that do not know Jesus, and we need to do everything we can, as loud as we can, in whatever way necessary to get them to know Jesus, because if they don't know Jesus, they're not going to be with you forever with him. And we want as many as we can to be with God forever and to have the life that is the real life and the true life and the life that will never run dry kind of life so that they can be free to walk in their destiny. That's why we're doing it. And that's what Easter's about. And that's what this church is about. And if we ever stop having that as our mission, close us down. Because I am not going to get up here and do all this work and all this stuff to entertain people that already know it all. There are too many people that know nothing about Jesus, never heard his name, or maybe they heard it and they don't get it. We need to reach them. And so let's believe, let's believe for a powerful next few weeks. Bring them next Sunday. Get them warmed up <laughs> so that they're not shocked on Easter. Bring them next week. Bring them any week. It doesn't matter. It's not a, Easter's, yes, is going to be awesome. The program's going to be amazing, but it's not about that. It's not about that. We need to reach people, and you need to invite them, and you need to tell them your story, because your story is powerful. What God did in your life is powerful. I know you have a story, and stories, stories are so important Sharing your testimony, sharing what God did in your life, sharing about, you know what? I was in this mess. God saved me. And I know there's people right now in this service that you would say, you know what? Yeah, I was in a mess and God saved me. God brought me out of that mess. And I love it. I love when we, when we share our stories together. But what I love the most is when I get to see people here in the church and when you clap your hands, it's different than how other people clap their hands because you are clapping your hands because you are just so thankful for what God did that you don't need somebody with a mic saying, clap your hands. You just clap your hands because you are so glad to be alive. You are so glad. You're so, gl you're so glad that you're still here. And you don't need music. And you don't need a, you don't need a preacher. And you don't need somebody yelling, clap your hands. You just clap your hands. Thank you, God. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. And you jump because you're alive. You should be dead, but you're alive. And you're still walking, and you're still talking, and you still got your mind, and you still have your eyes. God did something in your life. And so let's get warmed up. And I want you coming in here on Easter Sunday full of power and fire to clap louder than you ever clapped before. <laughs> Not because I told you to do it, but because you know, thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. You're alive. Oh, thank you that you changed me. Thank you that you saved me. Thank you that you gave me a life beyond anything I could ever imagine. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to shout your name because of what you've done in me, and I just, I can't help it but to share it with others. That's the mentality that we need to live every day. And you know, Jesus, when he was here on the earth walking 2,000 years ago, the story of Easter is not just Sunday. It has next Sunday, we're going to be having Palm Sunday, which was when Jesus entered Jerusalem. And the whole week before Easter, many events happened in Jerusalem. He did different miracles. It was like the culmination, the, the top, the finale of the story of Jesus, the week of Easter. And what happened in Jerusalem that week, the, the Passover meal, the, the Last Supper, and then the Garden of Gethsemane, the prayers that Jesus prayed to God the Father, and then his arrest, his crucifixion, and the, the story of his resurrection. The Easter story is an amazing an amazing story. But Jesus also came to earth. He was born. He is 100% God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He is God. He is the only begotten Son of God, but at the same time, he is God 100%. Amen? And when he came, he said something very powerful. He did not come to judge the world. He came to seek, meaning to look, and to save the lost. And this world is lost. Turn on the news, duh. It's awful. Pictures and images and everyday death and this and that, and not just in Ukraine, okay? It's everywhere. This world is lost. Jesus came to make it better. And I think a big problem that we have in the world is that a lot of people, maybe they never heard the name of Jesus, but somehow every person has inside of them a sense of something more. Yes, we try to push it down. We try to get rid of it. We create whole systems of governments and economic systems to get rid of this sense of God inside of ourselves. But the truth is, every person, even if you never read the Bible, even if you never heard the name of Jesus, even if you don't believe in God, there is something in you given by God into you. You are created in the image of God. And there is a connection that each and every one of us has because we are made in his image. Getting back into the right connection with him and a relationship is a different thing, but inside of all of us, there is the imprint of God. We push it down, we get rid of it, we live the way we want, but Jesus came to bring us back to God. And in the Bible, we can also see how many different ways it's described God, the Father's house, the house of God, the, the heaven is also seen as the dwelling place of God, but also the house of God, and the house of God can also be seen as the church, the place where we live, and when you look through the whole Bible, 
And especially in the Old Testament, there were people that longed to be dwelling in the house of God forever. And when Jesus came, he made it a reality that now we can live and walk every single day in relationship with God, in communion with each other, and dwelling forever in God's house. God's house is a family. And this family is not for one kind of people. It's not just for men. It's for men and women, black, white, wherever you come from, the family of God, the house of God, is for you. This house, the doors are big and wide. Anybody can come in. It's open for everybody. It doesn't matter where you came from, what you did, who you did it with, what you put in your body. doesn't matter any of that. The house of God is a place for you. And so I want to speak this today. You need to come home. You need to come home. Come home to the house of God. You might be sitting in this service right now. You might be going to church every week, but you're not at home. You're just attending a church service. You're just carrying out a tradition from your family or I don't know what. But you need to come home today. You need to come home to God and allow him to embrace you and to take you in and to encourage you and to love on you so that you will never be the same ever again. And there's a powerful story that Jesus told in Luke 15, and I want to read this over you today. Luke 15, and here's what it says. Jesus was talking to a crowd, and he continued, and he said, there was a man who had two sons, two sons in a family. In this case, it's actually talking about the descendants of Abraham is the one son, and the other son are the rest of us. Unless you're Jewish here, maybe you're the first son, I don't know. The, the second son is like the Gentiles, but it also has a bigger meaning. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So basically, the second son, the younger one, went to the dad and said, give me my money. I wish you were dead. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that terrible? You don't normally get an inheritance until the father is gone. So going and saying, give it to me now, is basically like saying, I wish you were dead. So the father divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off, for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. Wild living means every night you're with somebody else, every day you're putting something else in your body, you're spending the money in casinos, you're just living wild, doing whatever you want with whoever you want, however you want, not paying any attention to who you hurt along the way. Wild living. And after he had spent everything, all the money, totally gone, it probably, uh, I don't think he lasted long either. It doesn't say that, but I can just imagine. Pfft, gone. There was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. 
So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach. He was hungry with the pods that the pigs were eating. You know it's bad when you want to eat pig's food. But no one gave him anything. I like to eat pork. I do not like to eat pig's food. <laughs> when he came to his senses, I shouldn't tell you I like pork. It's so unhealthy. <laughs> Bacon, woo! When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I'm going to set out and go back to my father, and I'm going to say to my father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way away, his father saw him, and he ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field, and when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what, what's going on? Your brother has come, the servant replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became very angry and refused to go in. But his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who wasted your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said. You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Amen. There are people that you know, and there are people in this place today, that you need to come home to God. I don't know what your story is. I don't know what you've been doing. I don't need to know. God knows. He sees everything. He sees everything. Don't wait for Easter Sunday to make your life right with God. Make your life right with God today so that on Easter and next Sunday, you can be full of joy and celebrate 
in the party that's going to be taking place. Because the party is for you. The party is for you. Because we are, God loves it when we come back to him. And so there's three things that I want to tell you to finish up today. And we're going to sing a song. I'm going to pray with you. And you're going to have a chance to take that step of making your life right with God. The first one is this. God is not going to go on an Easter egg hunt to find you. Yes, Jesus will search, seek, and find the lost, yes, but at the same time, there is something that you have to do. Do not stay in your hole, in your mess, and think that from that place, you just want God to come and fix where you are. He doesn't want to fix that. He wants you to come to his house and be what you're meant to be, which is a prince in his house. So you need to get up and you need to take a step of faith and you need to just start walking in a new direction and come back to God. And when you start walking and take that first step of coming back to God, guess what he's going to do? He's going to run to you as fast as he can and cover you with his love and cover you with his forgiveness and cover you with all of his goodness. But you need to get up and start moving in the direction of God's house. Doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect right away. But don't stay in that mess and want God to come there. That's not where you're meant to live. Don't live there. Live in the Father's house. The second thing, the second thing is that when you come to God, do not come with an expectation. Don't come to him thinking you deserve this, you deserve that, and I'm this and I'm that. Because the truth is, we don't deserve anything. Not me, not you, not any of us. We deserve nothing from him. What we've done is so bad, so wrong. It's, how could we even think to deserve anything? So don't come to God thinking you deserve something. Because you don't. And the third one Run to him, walk to him, come to the Father's house. Second, you don't deserve anything, so don't expect it. But the third one is that you need to receive the blessings of God on your life. You see, we don't deserve it, but God still wants to bless you. God still wants to love you. God still wants to restore you and get you back to where you're meant to be and to help you to become the man, the woman that God has for your life, which is way better than what you could do with your own life and your plans and how you want it. What he wants for you is so much more. And so often we get stuck down on our knees. Oh, I'm so bad. Oh, I'm so terrible. And God wants to lift you up and say, you know what? Yeah, that happened. But there's something better in the future. I'm still going to use you. I'm still going to bless you. Not because of you, but because I'm good. And I can't help but bless you. And now with the power of Jesus and his blood washing you clean, guess what? It's not just forgiveness anymore. It's actually legal that you are blessed under the blood of Jesus. It's because of his blood you are washed clean 
to walk in God's blessings. Let's stand to our feet. So there's some people in this place today that you need to come home to God. You need to come home to Him. So right now, in your heart, start taking that step where you're just walking and saying, God, oh, I need you, God. I want you, God. I need to come back to your house again. I want to live with you. I want you to restore me. Yes, I don't deserve it, but God, I'm coming to you today. And know that he is going to bless you. And there's somebody else in here that you've been walking in self-pity. You've been walking thinking you are so bad and so terrible. You need to lift your head and look to God that he does not see you like that anymore. He sees you as perfect in his sight, not because of you, but because of the blood of Jesus that is covering your life. So be washed clean in the blood today. Be washed clean in the blood today so that you can clap in freedom. You can jump in freedom. You can shout in freedom because you are washed in his blood in Jesus' name. Come on, and if you believe it, I want you to clap your hands. I want you to clap your hands. Clap your hands to him. And we're gonna sing, the grave could not ignore it. He is alive. Thank you, Jesus. 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 We lift you up. 